Welcome to Kingdom Minded Podcast with Ray Munoz. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Kingdom Minded Podcast. It's me, your host, Ray Munoz. Hi, everybody. Well, man, what a week. What a week. Uh, so, I got a great episode for you guys today. Um, I'm really excited about this guest. It's a returning guest, so if you can guess which guest that is, well, you probably already read the title. So, never mind. That doesn't even matter. You you can't guess. <laughs> Maybe I'll leave it blank. <laughs> Just let people guess. I don't know. Um, but it's a returning guest today, so I'm excited about that. Um, let's start. I'm going to try not to cough. This episode, because my friend, Tanea, if you're listening to this episode today, she pointed out something that made me die, like literally just rolling over and laughing. She was making fun of my cough, and she said, you know, Ray, your cough reminds me of, <laughs> you ever seen that meme um, <clears throat> where it's a cat, and, it's, and it has its tongue rolled, and it says, you know, this is what a seven-year-old looks like when it coughs? <laughs> And she said that's what she pictures me looking like is this little seven-year-old rolling his tongue and going, <coughs> you know, and making the fake cough sound face. Um, and I started dying with that. But this this uh, no cough portion is going to be dedicated to you, Tanea. So if you're listening to this, you made it on the episode. Congratulations. Um, but man, guys, it has been um, a busy, busy, busy week. Um, our kids revival is right around the corner. So if you're listening to this on a Monday, then, Hey, it's this week. Um, Friday night is our first kickoff service. Uh, brother Dwayne Uzzle is going to be with us. So we're really excited, uh, picking him up from the airport on Friday. Um, so I'm excited for it. Um, but man, we have been at the church every night of the week. Um, and we've had tremendous help from everybody in the church. Um, just signing up for something, um, coming down to the church. Uh, there, we have two shifts, which is awesome because it really helps us get a lot done. Uh, first shift to shift is ran by Selena, um, which is like a 10 a.m. till about 1 p.m. or 12 p.m. shift, uh, which is people who have the time, the free time to come in the daytime. Um, and then I run, I would usually run the, the later shift, which is 6 to 8 p.m. Um, and so, um, there's people even doing double shifts. And so, man, I'm so appreciative of all of you guys, like just coming down and helping out. Um, it means the world to us to know that we have, um, a church that's standing behind us and that's just ready to just see this whole thing succeed. Um, people that are covering it in prayer. Um, if you guys are listening to us on a Monday, uh, take the time with prayer with us. We're going to pray. Uh, we're taking Mondays as our praying and fast day. Um, to really just see God do something great. Um, and it's really awesome because um, we were sending text messages with it, all of the staff and saying, hey, remember this, remember this. And then um, somebody had said they, they, they've been praying and God's been showing them a specific number of people or kids getting the Holy Ghost. Um, and then somebody confirmed that by saying, you know, God gave me that exact same number. So we're believing in Jesus name that this number is going to be met and God's going to do something great. 
Um, and if this number happens, then, hey, I think this might be our record for the most amount of kids receiving the Holy Ghost this year. Um, or, you know, out of a kid's revival, I believe. Um, I think we've came pretty close to it, but I'm just excited about it. Um, you know, we've just been doing a lot of work and just putting in the hours, coming down to the church and, you know, it's hot. Not in the church, thank God, but it's just been hot in general. Um, so I had to go outside a couple nights and sauce, you know, cut some wood and get stuff ready. Um, but this week we're actually pretty pretty on schedule. So um, tomorrow is actually going to be dedicated to just working on our, our noodles, puppets, and stuff like that. Puppet ministry stuff and just trying to get all that taken care of. So we've been at the church, like I said, every day of the week. Uh, we did take Friday off, which was nice. Everybody got the Friday evening. We were there Friday morning. Um, but, you know, just and then Saturday, we all came down Saturday. But, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, I thought of Travis McCarthy. So, dude, if you're listening to this, I totally thought of you. Um, uh, we met. My friend Tanea, uh, Selena, and I, we went to a little market here in Redlands called Olive Market. Um, Olive Avenue Market, I should say. And it's a little um, kind of like a coffee shop slash store slash breakfast spot. It's, it's just a really cool place down in downtown Redlands um, in a residential area um, right across the street from where I used to go to school, um, which is pretty cool. Um so we went there and we had, you know, breakfast and just hung out. We were talking about church and ministry, um, you know, and so everything was great. And then we were like, hey, it's um, it's almost time. I was like, we got to get going because we got outreach. Um, so I go to my car and I hit the unlock button and it's daytime. So, you know, it's right around 11 o'clock, 10, 10 something. Obviously, I'm not looking at my lights to see if they're flashing or anything, so I just hit my thing, go to open my trunk, and my trunk's not opening, and I thought that was odd, so I hit it again, and it still didn't open, so I went to go check my door, my door didn't open, um, obviously, I have electric doors and trunk, and which I didn't, I now I realize that I really don't like the fact that the trunk's electric, because I could never get into it if I really needed to, um, there's no keyhole, so I couldn't even put a key in there to open it, so, um, I get in my car and I put the keys in the ignition and turn the ignition and I can hear this, the engine fan, like a, it makes a little, cause I have a hybrid car, but none of my dashboard, nothing lit up. I was like, Oh, great. So I called Selena. I was like, Hey, she's like right across the street. I was like, my car is dead. And she's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. So I told her, I said, just cause we were already on like going to be late. So I just grabbed my bag full of um in my uh church invitations and personal like church cards and stuff like that and i gave it to her luckily i spent that morning i was stamping my name on all of them because the kids revival ones are blank so that we could put anybody's names um that was kind of a cool little design that i wanted to throw on there so that way if somebody was to hand it to somebody they would give their number and then just say hey i want to invite you call me if you need a ride um so I had ha I had stamped all those the morning when I was sitting there waiting for everybody. Um, and I had given to Selena, I was like, just go. I was like, I'm going to have to wait here for a tow truck. Um, and I'm already like, in my mind, I'm just like, this cannot be happening. Um, and so 
I gave the stuff to Selena. I was like, just go ahead and go, and you know what to do. So thank God she was there, and I was able to kind of just, I already told her my idea of what we wanted to do as far as outreach. Um, so she left, and I was sitting there waiting, and then I kept calling the tow truck or my insurance to get the roadside assistance, and kept dropping the call for whatever reason, and and then I was like, this can't be happening, you know, just like, man, so I was sitting in my car, and then I was like, I smell eggs, and um, Tanea was there, she waited with me, thank, thank you for uh, being a good friend and waiting with me until uh, the tow truck came, so we were out there waiting, and then she's like, I was like, do you smell eggs? She goes, no, and then she got in the car, she kind of like put her head towards the car, she goes, yeah, I do, so I thought it was really weird that I was smelling rotten eggs in my car um, while it was not working. So I was a little worried. I thought my car was going to blow up. Um, so the tow truck driver came down like an hour later. Um, so we went and had some work tea, um, and stuff inside the inside that shop. Um, and then the guy came and he was able to actually jump my car. I didn't even know you could jump because there's a little thing on my, um, in, on my engine. And I realized this like maybe a couple years into my car because Selena's car had died and I was in a jumper car, but I opened up the hood and it says, do not jump, um, or you try and jump cars or something like that. Um, so I didn't even know you could jump my car, but the guy did it. Um, thank God that he got it to work. So that was a good sign. Um, and he told me drive straight to the dealership. So I went down to the dealership and I was just like, I can only imagine I was praying the whole way there. I was like, God, just let it be something minor. Let it not be something super serious that it's going to cost me thousands of dollars to fix. And I'm just like, I don't need this right now, God, <laughs> you know? Um, so I got to the dealership and, you know, just, I, the guy's like, Hey, what can I help you with today? I was like, my car died and I have no idea why I had to get it jumped and I'm just here. And he's like, okay. He's like, well, anything else? And I was like, I sure hope not. <laughs> I was just so frustrated and then I go in and they tell me it's my auxiliary battery which I have a very tiny battery in my car for all the function uh, regular functioning items in my car um, and then I have the hybrid batteries so thank god it wasn't the hybrid battery because those would have been that would have been really expensive um, but luckily it was just that auxiliary battery but it's located in the trunk and I don't know how to replace it and I don't trust myself to replace that battery. At least I, I, I could probably look it up online, but <sighs> so I had to get it done and it was, it was still pricey, but thank God it wasn't anything worse than that. So got it taken care of, you know, got it fixed. Um, got my car back that day. Um, was carless for a little bit, which kind of stunk. Um, but I went walking I walked to the bank from the car dealership um, and then the bank was closed. So, you know, it was just, it was, yeah. So that was, that was yesterday or Saturday. Um, not ideal and not definitely what I wanted to do, but God's good anyways. And I still have a car and God still blessed me. So, you know, just kind of, kind of take, take it as it comes. Um, but yeah, that was Saturday. It was pretty rough. Um, and then Sunday, um, today, well, today's Sunday, tomorrow will be Monday, which you're listening to. Anyways, um, Sunday was pretty, pretty good. 
Um, Sunday morning, sir, you know, we had picked up everybody. Um, you know, I didn't even count. I think we had somewhere around maybe around 16 kids this morning. So thank God for that. Um, and we had, you know, good amount of kids this morning. And then we had kids church, which we had tons of boys. There were so many boys from the, our other route, which have not been coming and they came today. And I was, I gave every one of them a hug, told them I was so excited to see them. Um, yeah, it was a little, it was a little rough during some parts of the service. Just some of the boys were just being just either straight out defiant and just not wanting to listen to you when you told them something. So we had to send a few people out and, uh, you know, show them that we are pretty serious about them following directions and not talking back to teachers. So, um, definitely had to, you know, show a few boys that, Hey, that's not how we do things here. So, which they know, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, God works on them. And, but we had a great time, great time in service. Um, you know, we had a lot crammed in for that day. The kids are learning sign language for a kid's revival. And then they're learning a song to sing, uh, for the first of September. And then on top of everything else we're doing. Uh, so it was a busy service today. Um, we had breakfast with, from, um, brother Renee and sister Helen. They do a great job. Um, they help out on our third Saturday, Sunday of the month, uh, breakfast. So they feed the kids every set every third Sunday, but the kids loved it. Um, and then after church, I was running. I didn't even get to go on my bus home or on the bus ride back to take the kids back because I had to stay at the church and and sign everybody up to help volunteer because I had a list of people that were saying they were willing to volunteer. So I was walking around looking for them and hunting them down. Um, and then we got a lot of people signing up, so I'm excited about that. So many people are willing to help out um, with Kids Revival. Um you know, it was just a great Sunday morning. Um, we had lunch with everybody and some of the team and, and my nephew was with me. So, uh, that was a good time. And then Sunday night, tonight was our night of worship, which is a night that we have, um, really just worship the whole night. Um, and then it's our tennis shoe night guys. So, uh, you know, definitely was, if you were wondering why everybody was wearing tennis shoes in my live video, that's why, because we want to make it as comfortable as possible for people and just kind of a fun thing to do. Um, so everybody's wearing the tennis shoes with suits and, you know, dress clothes, but it was a good time, you know, just had a really good time. Um, I had three kids, three girls come with me tonight, uh, for, uh, next level. So that was a plus. Um, and these girls are very young. Um, they're under the age of, I believe six or seven. Um, and so they're very young girls, but they're, they love coming to church and, you know, it's just awesome that, you know, we show up early for prayer and they know, and they were telling me, brother Ray, can we walk around and pray with you? I said, of course you can, you know, so they would walk around and just, you know, hold their hands. I got to hold their hands because if not, they walk around and try and jump and climb. So, um, we walked around and just prayed around the altar, just ready and ready for getting ready for service. And then. Um, you know, it was a good time. The kids had fun and they, some of them fell asleep and some of them stayed up and, you know, but it was a good time. And then we drove home and, you know, just called it a night. Um, but before, uh, we get into the next part of the episode, which is our guest, uh, I want to give a praise report because sister Doris is back folks. I picked her up tonight and took her to church. Um, she called me, uh, the other day. 
and left me the, a voicemail, which I'm going to share with you guys today. Um, and you're going to get to listen to it before we get to the next portion of the episode. But I thought it was so special. And, and I just almost, in a, I almost, I just started going to tears because I was so thankful that she was alive and well, um, and she told me that, you know, everything's okay. She just had some complications with her medication and she was in the hospital. Um, she had to go to two different hospitals, but she told me that's why she called me and left me a voicemail. She was just like, she just said she was so excited that, um, you know, that, that God kept her and God you know, helped her and healed her. And all the kids tonight were telling her that they missed her, um, that they were praying for her, you know, because I always inform them, like, you know, Sister Doris didn't show up. And so we were really worried. And then come to find out, guys, I had the wrong number for her the whole time. And she called me off a different number. And I said, is that is that a new number? She goes, that's my my number that I have. And she's like, I think you have my old number. So uh, now I got her new number. So when I call, she'll actually answer. Um, but I'm going to play next. I'm going to play the uh, voicemail she left me because I think it's special. Um, and I think you guys will really enjoy it and be blessed by it. Um, so without further ado, here's Sister Doris. Praise the Lord, Brother Ray. How are you and everyone? This is a Doris William Cotton. And the reason why I haven't been, you know, I know you guys been dying to see about me. I've been in the hospital, and I just got out of the hospital for my heart. But God is good. Everything is uh, fine. They found uh, some medication to stop my heart from being too fat and too much blood pumping to my heart, okay? Okay? God is a holy God, worthy to be praised. In your sickness, you'll find him waiting. Let's talk about Shadrach, oh, and the ability to go, who, oh, do it. Let me start on God is a holy God, worthy to be praised. In your secret place, you'll find him waiting there. He said, spread my love about and be holy. My God is holy, and he won't say for sin. Talk about shed black holy, and then go holy to a Hebrew boy who loves the Lord. My God is holy. My God is holy. My God is holy, and he won't stand for a sin. My God is holy. My God is holy. My God is holy, and he will not stand for sin. God bless you. All right, everybody. I am here with my guest today, uh, Alex Vasquez. Welcome back. The people have been blowing up my dms they've been on the airways they've been calling their pastors <laughs> but you're back dude <laughs> wow. i i don't yeah, know if they're calling their pastors but they but i, I have heard i want to first of all congratulate you dude you have the highest listened episode of all the kingdom minded podcast episodes oh man that's that's nothing but the lord man hey nothing but it's but exciting that people were 
you know, they're just listening to that episode. And I'm just, I'm excited about it because I've gained a ton of listeners, um, you know, just by having that episode with you. And I just, I want to thank you for opening up an avenue for people to find it, find this podcast and, you know, and just reach out. And, you know, it's just, it's been awesome the last couple of weeks since, since that's happened. Right. Right. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, and from my side, I want to thank you because, I mean, man, something like this is, I would have, like I said, I, I only dreamed of having something like this when I was 17, you know, 18, just starting out. And yeah. to be on the other side of it now, that's, that's kind of like a dream come true for myself. So thank yeah. you, man. I think this is all awesome. This is great. Amen. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, this is, uh, it was really cool because I've been getting people messaging me um, or, you know, asking, can I talk to you about this? And, you know, and I was telling somebody the other day, they asked me to call me, and we were talking about bus ministry and and, um, and transitioning kids and stuff. And I was telling them, you know, I said, I told them, I said, you know, call me, text me, you got my number. Um, you know, this is what I want this to become. I don't want right. this just to be an avenue of just someone listening to us talk. Yeah. You know, I want this to yeah. be someone, I want this to be a support for someone that they can lean on, you know, and say, hey, my ministry is, is going through this, or I have this idea and I don't know what to do with it. And I, I don't have all the answers, you know, um, right. but at least we can talk together and sharpen each other, you know, and I might be right. able to put someone in the right direction and, you know, um, hopefully you don't put them in the wrong direction, but you know, I just want to put people in the right <laughs> direction, you know? Um, right. but I'm just excited about it, man. I'm exciting that this is, I'm excited that this is becoming, something more than just something people can listen to, that it's an interaction that they know that, Hey, I can ask somebody the questions that I don't know who to ask, you know? Right. And that's you're, what I want. You're to more, do. you're more than a podcast. It's, it's a ministry, you know? Yeah. And oh, like you had said, how the Lord put this on your heart and your pastor saw it even before you did. I mean, it's mm-hmm. beginning with God. It is a, it is a ministry. And because it is a ministry, it's designed to edify the church. And yeah. and that edification process goes so much deeper than them just listening, but it's, it's you supporting them and them calling you and them texting you and forming connections and just building the kingdom of God on a very personal level. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's phenomenal, man. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm excited about it. Just so much has been happening lately, and it's it's definitely just been a blessing for me. Um, being able to know that people are listening, people are 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 gabbing around this, and they they're excited about this. Um, I, I get this one guy who messages me every Monday morning asking, "Hey, when's the new episode coming out?" And so I'm excited <laughs> about that. That people are just excited enough to ask me, you know. Um, right. Right. So what's what's new in your life, man? What's going on? over in uh texas oh man it's hot dude it's, it's hot <laughs> i would i can only is it humid out there it's so humid man it's just Ugh. off the it's not like i don't know man i hear like california i just hear like it's beautiful over there like off the coast you know like 75 no like over here you walk out and you're like in a sauna it's just it's steaming 24 7 well i i hate to break it to you or anybody else because this is the funny thing anytime i go um any anywhere further than probably arizona new mexico area um, uh-huh. i always get the people say oh man california it must be awesome they're probably surfing all this stuff and i'm like man i'm in the valley <laughs> it uh, you know it's a hundred and four. 
<laughs> but it's dry heat, so I will take that over your guys' humidity. It's dry, 104 and dry heat, but it, we're in the desert, man. It's it's pretty mm-hmm. brutal, and it's just a constant dry heat out here. Um, yeah, you, you walk outside, and it's 85 and a real humid day, and you'll start sweating fast. Oh, man. Uh, this is my least favorite brutal. time of the year. I, I will tell you that. This is my least favorite time of the year. And yeah. I work in, um, like, operations and logistics, so I have, oh, nice. I have a desk. But I'm out in an industrial building in a desk. So, like, I'm in uh-huh. the thick of it, man. It's like sitting in your garage and just typing away on the computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's rough. <laughs> but you know what? God has blessed me. I bought an air conditioning unit, a little portable Sweet. one. Sweet. Nice. And, oh, yeah. And that's, and that's actually been really, really cool. Um, you yeah. know, it's, it's, definitely, it's, it's definitely working. <laughs> it's amazing what a little fan can do, you know? Yeah. Just get some air flowing. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, other than the heat, I mean, other than the heat, I mean, it's it's been awesome. Church is moving, um, outreach is moving. The Lord's been blessing. Um, we've had some powerful services lately, and uh, it's just, it's great, man. It's it's great. God's been doing really good things, really great things. That's awesome, man. Uh, so I want to check in and see what have you been doing since Hopecore? Like, what's your, what has sparked since then? Uh, I would say, you know, it's funny, someone on outreach, uh, I was uh, walking, uh, my partner was a lady today who's actually doing Hope Corps next, uh, this, this com- upcoming year, and she's planning mm-hmm. to go to the Philippines, and so she just asked me, like, uh, or we were talking about what's, what's changed since I got back from ITW, mm-hmm. and I would say the, the, the main two things is, one, the, one of the methods that I do on outreach, uh, I've, I've introduced a new method. And the other thing that has changed is my personal walk with God, my, my, my personal devotion. You know, it's, it's one thing to lead and to be in charge of ministries, but it's another thing to just walk with him on a daily basis and have a prayer life and mm-hmm. have a, uh, a you, know, you know, fast regularly, read regularly, you know, just these daily devotions. Uh, I personally believe that the highest, one of the highest callings we have as a Christian is just to walk with him daily. You know, um, higher than higher than teaching, higher than leading. High, can you just walk with him day by day by day by day? And um, you know, going through life. I mean, yourself, myself. I mean, you get very very busy. Uh, I, I work an hour from where I live, and so you know, just you know, long days coming home, retired. Um, many people out there, they have kids, they have spouses, they have all these things, and I mean, you just you get caught in the thick and thin of it, and and. It's not that, that your heart's not in it. It's not that you don't want to devote the time, but it's that life is so demanding, you kind of lose your way in the middle of it. And so one of the things that Hope Corps did for me is it, it, it just realigned certain things. You know, it took, it took uh, my practice and it lined it up with my principles, if I could say mm-hmm. it like that. It took what I did and it lined it up with what I really believe, which is that prayer is so effective and so necessary fasting is effective and necessary reading is effective and necessary and it just it it, it kind of brought out those values again and, and allowed me to apply myself to them and i mean gosh you know i i i would take someone who is devoted on a day-by-day basis over someone who knew the bible from front to back any day you know mm-hmm. um wow de- yeah devotion and faithfulness goes a long 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 way that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I'd say those are the two the two main things that 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 Hope Corps has done for me recently since I've gotten back. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah, just, you know, I wanted to check in and see how that's working because I know a lot of people that have done it, they have, it's it's changed them. It's it's changed the way they view church. It's changed the way they've done. They view everything in the in their day-to-day, and it's just, it's amazing. I know we have, uh, right now, we have three ladies from our church that just left this week, or, well, oh, it, nice. it, it, they just left to Norway, so they're on their way yeah. to Norway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have a friend going over there. That's yeah. awesome, yeah. So I'm just excited because these three ladies are faithful people in our church, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, one's uh, a mother of three, the other one, uh, the other two, I would say, are ladies that are, their kids are all grown up and, you know, and they're just, they're not, you know, saying, hey, I don't have to do anything. They're just, they're pushing themselves to, to grow. And so I'm just excited about what's going on uh, with the whole Hope Corps, um, you know, movement with, um you know, our churches and, and just seeing people just push themselves, you know. Um, but right. definitely, I just definitely wanted to check in and just see how it's going, kind of put you on the spot, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> oh, no, no, you're good. <laughs> that's good, man. And that's cool that you're staying connected with people from, you know, your ITWs and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I definitely hear a lot of people that are saying that they keep in contact with them on a weekly or monthly basis, you know. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, there's some people I talk to every day, you know, every day, group chats, you know, people I text on my own. And it's, I mean, it's so, it's, I don't know. Uh, I know there are a lot of people who grew up and they had friends from churches all their life, you know, just different churches out of state. You know, uh, my story wasn't like that. You know, growing up, I mean, we never fellowshiped with other churches much. Um, I don't know if it was because there weren't many churches in our area, but I mean, and and when I first got into the youth group, I mean, by the time I was 15, I think we had like five people in it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Our church went through this really just chaotic split. And, I mean, you had a huge youth group that just went down to like five kids. And um, I think I was the only guy in it, you know. So, I mean, mm-hmm. just, that was my whole youth group experience all throughout the years. It wasn't until I was like 20 that more people started getting involved. And so I just always felt that, the ability to connect with other people who really have a passion the way you do is one of the things that's going to take you to the next level. And so getting involved in Hope Corps, meeting all these people like, oh, snap, like there are also other people who have a huge heart for outreach, who have a huge heart for missions, who have a huge heart for kids, you know, who who are in love with with the act of spreading the gospel. And um, when you meet people like that, you know, I really just believe, you know, you hold on to them. You know, yeah. I, iron sharpeneth iron. And when you when you come across some iron, you know, you stay close and you stay connected to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and they'll help you get to where you, you want to go. That's great, yeah. man. That's great to hear. Uh, how's, how's everything going? Um, how's your guys' attendance been since your VBS? Um, you know, how, how's that been going for you guys? Have you, have you guys... Um, you know, seeing, you know, all that labor you guys put into that VBS, have you been seeing the fruits from that? Um, it ebbs and flows, I want to say. It mm-hmm. ebbs and flows. You, uh, it, it reminds me of, um, you remember, I think it was like a week ago. No, not a week ago, like three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, you posted something on the Instagram where you said, like, it's, it's very discouraging the fact that, you know, this Sunday I had two kids show up on my van. Mm-hmm. I, you remember what I'm talking about? Oh, like, yeah. Two kids yeah. show up on a Sunday. And two adults. I read actually. that. It wasn't even kids. They were adults. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, but then there are, like, times you have, like, a full full van, full bus, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
I read that, and I, I should have commented, but I didn't. I was like, man, this is, this is discouraging to him, but it's very encouraging to me because yeah. I've definitely been there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. We have I, one van, but with that one van, we did two routes. Um, so we head out pretty early. Um, mm-hmm. We drop off the first set of kids, and we rush to get the other set of kids. Um, and so there have been, you know, many times where we're just packed to the max, you know? Um, mm-hmm. We got kids, hey, okay, like, you know, five to a row, that's meant to sit three, you know? Um, sit down, put on your seatbelt. Um, but and then there are some times, you know, where, like, we'll go to a spot where, you know, it's a honey hole for kids and not a single one comes, yeah. you know? Um, but since VBS, it's, it, it's ebbed and flowed. It's ebbed and flowed. You know, some some Sundays, I mean, I mean, it's it's blessing, and you know we've got, you know, we're 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 running over capacity, and other Sundays, I mean, you know, we we barely got any kids, but uh, yeah, um, I say barely. No, you know, we've got half a van, you know, which I mean, half of your max capacity is still pretty good, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll take um, half over two people, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't think we've gotten under half a van, um, and. And on the other side, you know, we've gotten closer to, you know, two fans for or something like yeah. that. Um, but uh, it's it's been great, man. It's It's been great. We've been loving every second of it. Hey, that's awesome. I'm glad to hear that, man. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely you get those ups and downs, and that's just part of ministry, and that's just part of especially bus routes. The school, school, um, School schedules just really mess up everything for a little bit, and then it just kind of realigns and gets back into the groove. Right, uh, um, right, right. I think that's where we're at right now. Um, so today, in today's episode, um, we're going to talk about um, outreach. Um, outreach as far as how to outreach, or not necessarily how, but what we do as far as outreaching um, to get kids to come to church, to get adults to come to church, and even – to get youth to come to church, um, we're going to yeah. talk about we're going to talk about it in three different kind of segments. Um, how to start it, which we kind of talked on that a little bit last time, but we'll revisit some of it. Um, how to maintain your bus route, um, and then the obviously keeping kids and let and ha- make and having them or helping them become saints of your church or members of your church that are faithful. Um, and then we're going to talk about everything in between all that. So um, I know we touched on your, your bus ministry, um, kind of um, how you guys started that, and um, it was you and, and another person, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and you guys went out. And so um, there's a number of different ways to start a, a bus ministry, I would say, Um there was one time I, I've started. I, I think I've tried a few different routes on doing this, and a few of them have failed, and some of them have, have been successful. Um, <laughs> yeah, I remember there was this one area, and I visited this place for months. Um, and I went and knocked on every door. I knocked on every single door, and I went and said, "Hey, you know, gave my little. You always got to have like a not a. I don't want to say a script." But you gotta have it's your, it's your elevator speech. Yeah, you you gotta give them something, and you you don't got very long either. You got no, maybe it's, it's your elevator from floor one to floor three. You gotta fit it in that in that yeah. little time frame. Yeah, you definitely gotta like, hey, you know, you want to let them know who you are, 
That's the big thing. Uh-huh. Um, I've always noticed that people, they don't, you know, like, who is this guy? Because you got to think about this. At least in our area, there's all these different denominations um, that oh, are yeah. knocking on people's doors. What's oh, yeah. going to make you any different from anybody else? Um, you know, at that first impression moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I always have like a little script that I go by and I always say, Hey, my name is Ray. Or, you know, Hey, how you doing? My name is Ray. I'm from Hope Center Church, you know, so who, what, and or who, what, when kind of thing, you know, and just, right. you, know, you you can't just be like, hi, how's it going? And, you know, some people, it uh-huh. works with that, but some people it's just like, what do you want? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I think having that little portion of that is prepared saying, hey, my name is so-and-so from so-and-so, and I just want to invite you out to our church, and then... It depends on from there where I take that conversation. Um, good. I usually kind of read people, and if I happen to see that they have kids, um, I'm bringing up our children's ministry. If I see that right. it's just them, I just say, hey, I would love to have you come to our church. Um, you know, uh, somebody mm-hmm. once told me that, like, you know, you got to make your church the biggest thing in the world. You should be, you know, uh, they said it this way, you should be proud of your church and you should be like, hey, we have an awesome church, you know, and um, you can even ask them a question. Do you like singing? Well, hey, man, our worship team, they're rocking, they're singing. They have, we have some great worship music that we got going on in our church, you know, and you're just pushing your church and just, you know, and you can't, you know, you're not lying about it, you know, like, hey, our church is is awesome. Our church is amazing, (laughs) you know, Um, you got to be, yeah, you know, you got to have that, that. I don't want to use pride because pride seems to be so negative at sometimes, but you know, that sense of pride that just like, man, you know, this is the place you want to be, you know, um, yeah. this is the place that you want to go to. And so I've had, I've knocked on every door in that neighborhood and I gave my spill to every single person, uh, didn't get a single yes. And then I yeah. always ended the conversation with like, Hey, um, you know, if you want, I can get your um, get your number and give you a call. You know, I say, hey, would you like to come with me? That's what I always ask. Would you like to come to church with us? Um, I got right. a I got a bus or I got a van that's going to come through here. Or I got my car, you know. And would right. you like to come with me? And what's the worst thing that that person is going to tell you is no. You know, if they say no, yeah. you know, nine times out of ten they'll say either no or they'll say oh maybe or you know, and they get uh-huh. got to get the push off, but. Um, you know, I went and did that to this whole entire neighborhood for months, and I didn't get a single person, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I know what that's like. You know? Um, Wait, let me just throw this in there. We went somewhere today, and we never get anybody from there. Mm-hmm. It was like our sixth time going there, but I just – we got to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. There may have been someone who moved there in time. And, and to get, again, today we went there, didn't get a single soul, but I, there are places like that. But, I mean, I, I, told, I told the lady I was with that, and she said, yeah, I was, but someone has to do it. Like, you know what, yeah. you're right. Someone's got to do it, you know. So yeah. we did it, and um, next Saturday we'll go somewhere else, and we'll just keep doing our thing. Yeah. And, the people. and the thing I actually found out is, is that the neighborhoods that tell you no generally – become the ones where you build the biggest relationships. Oh. If you're consistent, like I would say that. Right. You're consistent. Because there's a, a block in my neighborhood that I get continuous notes. You know? Uh-huh. I, I, it's just that one street is the hardest street for me to reach on 
because there's so many fences, there's so many gates, and that it's hard oh, to get yeah. into the neighborhood, you know. And so, um, yeah. and it's and it's by far the roughest part of that neighborhood. Um, uh-huh. But I have relationships on that block, although no one goes to my church. Or I rephrase that: a couple of people now go on my bus route to that right. because right, I right, visited right. them time and time again. And a lot of times when I'm on outreach, if I know that area. I'm hardly ever asking anybody to come to church because I've already uh-huh. asked them a hundred times and they've told me no. And I just, you right. know, and especially if they're really meaning it, I just respect that. And I just kind of, you know, but I just go over and see how they're doing every Sunday, right. every Saturday. Right. And, um, right. you know, there's this, it reminds me of this one family. They lived on the, on a corner house on one of the blocks and yeah. they would tell me no. And I, I was okay uh-huh. with that. You know, or they tell me maybe, and they would kind of lead you on and say, hey, yeah, well, maybe this Sunday, call me, you know, or I'll call you. Um, I never got a solid answer out of them. But I visited them every Saturday, and I would go and just talk with them a lot of times and just kind of hang out with them. Um, You know, they'd have barbecues and stuff like that and come by and try and get a burger or something, you know. But it's because Uh I had that relationship, and they knew who I was. And any time we'd drive by, they would wave, you know, and say hi, but – you know, they and they ended up moving. They never once came on my on my bus, but okay. I, you know, all I was doing is hoping that I could build enough relationship that they would trust either the church or me. And yeah. you know, if they move, they moved, and you know, hopefully God let that seed that I try to plant and in inviting them to church. And one day, maybe someone else will come to their door. That's, you know, trying to get them to go to a, a one God apostolic church and they're just saying, Hey, I remember I knew a guy in this one neighborhood the same you know, had the same kind of beliefs as you guys. And right. you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a try because I've been telling them no for all these years and I moved, you know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um but those are how those relationships are built and you get that trust and it makes me think of this um elderly lady that I've had on my bus that I have I have coming up she's not even on my bus. She comes only Sunday night, and I've been visiting her for a year, and I finally got her to come to church, you know. So now she's going to two churches. She goes to her church in the morning, then she goes to, you know, she goes to our church at night. But, you know, she just wants to get out of the house, and I'm okay with that. And, you know, hopefully she she wants me to meet her pastor. And I just said, and I told (laughs) her, I was like, yeah. I I just started rubbing my hands. You ever seen that? You seen that meme where that guy's all ha 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 ha? You know, I'm kind of just doing that, just laughing like, yeah, let me meet your pastor. I want to talk to him. You know, that's so funny, man. And, and someone's like, well, you're gonna go and meet her pastor? I was like, yeah. I was like, I want to go and meet him because I want to go and see what what he's preaching, and you know, and maybe be like, hey, you know, well, this is what we believe in, and then who knows what that? Yeah, you know, I really feel that God is gonna do something out of that. You know. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, we have to, sure. we have, you know, but if I would have never been consistent with calling or meeting her or visiting her, I would have never got this relationship with her, you know? Right. She right. would have never trusted me to take her to church, you know? But um, I think that's the big thing is just, you know, going to somewhere and you may not get anywhere with it. Um, But I think that if you have, you know, your your kind of speech that ready to say, Hey, this is who I am. This is what what I'm trying to invite you to and I really think you should go. 
You know, sometimes yeah. we have to be bold in that and just say, hey, I really think you should go to church with me or you right. should come on our bus or, you know, you should let your kids come with us. And, you know, um, right. it's always weary with children. I don't know how that how it is over there with you guys, but, um, you know, sometimes I get a little kind of crazy eye from a parent that says, hey, you should let your kids come with me. And they're like, huh? You know? Yeah. yeah. But, um. So what what have you used as far as like when you knock on someone's door and like you start talking? What's like your elevator speech, I guess? Um, well, do you mind if I go before that a little bit? If yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Well, let me tell this testimony real quick. So you're talking about going somewhere and not getting uh, anybody but building relationships. There's this one place that when I first started knocking doors, the Lord put it on my heart and he, he would tell me, he's like, there are souls here. There's souls here. We never let me quite shake it. And so we went, we knocked, we got kids, we got a lot of kids. And over like the course of a year and a half, we went from getting a bunch of kids to getting like no kids and they just stopped coming. And Mm -hmm. I didn't understand why. And it just, you know, we had over a full van, so nobody was coming anymore and it just, it wasn't working out. And, Mm -hmm. um, but when I first started going there, I met this one guy who was a really cool guy. I, but I'd see him all the time, just hanging outside um, was inviting him to church, never wanted to come, but just always said hi, formed a relationship, talked to him, uh, just just said what's up every time I went by. Well, when we finally got a van, I was like, hey, man, do your kids want to come? He was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna let my kids go, you know, and it just kind of gave him a break on a Sunday, you know, his, mm-hmm. his little boys, you know, weren't because he was a single dad, had his two sons with him. Um, so he was totally fine with his kids coming, and – uh, something happened to where they ended up moving away. Well, well, we're, so we're still picking up kids from there, but nobody's coming anymore. So we kind of start picking up kids somewhere else. Well, a year later, we we run into his kids on a totally different side of town. Wow. And yeah, and so we start picking them up from there. And he was super excited. His boys were excited. You know, they're happy about it. Um, he still didn't want to come to church, but he was still okay with his kids coming. And the grandma that lived with them, she wanted to see what kind of church her her, her grandsons were going to. And so mm-hmm. she started coming, and from the first day, she was hooked. I mean, wow. from the first day, she, she went to some Baptist church. I believe she had the Holy Ghost uh, while she was a Methodist church. She had the Holy Ghost. And she was actually a deacon over there. She was high up. Mm. She preached. Um and I'd say after about a, a few weeks of going, she got a Bible study. Uh, they began to show her the oneness of God. They showed her Acts 2.38, and she was flipping out. She was like, I can't believe they didn't show me this. Why haven't mm-hmm. they shown me this? And uh, she is, yeah, it's awesome, man. Such a great testimony. She ends up getting baptized, and, I mean, she is she is faithful as can be. She's a solid mm-hmm. woman. And um, it just started from a, a relationship with a man who still won't come to our church, but his, but his mom comes and his mom's faithful and his mom's a, a great woman, a, a good woman of God. Wow. Um, and, and, but go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, I'm just, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that is awesome. Cause that story, we have something very similar on my route. So we had uh-huh. a man who sent his boys with us to church every Sunday. He had two boys Every Sunday he would send them with us, and he'd be out there on his um, – they had steps to their apartment, and he'd be out there drinking and, you know, hanging out with his friends. And right. um, this is before I took over this route. Um, but the guy who at our church named Brother Aaron, every Sunday he would invite him. 
hey, why don't you come to church with us? And he'd be like, nah, man, I'm good. And I just send my kids, you know. And every Sunday, the same thing. And then when I had taken over the route, it, so this was all that labor that Aaron, Brother Aaron was putting into that route. And then one Sunday when I went to go pick up the boys, he's like, oh, the boys said they're not coming. But um, he's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to show them that I'm going. And he got dressed and went down and jumped on the bus just one Sunday morning. And Aaron was, like, blown away. But he goes, man, I've been visiting that guy for, like, three or three years, and I've never gotten to come to church. And now he just decides he wants to come to church, you know? So, you know, (laughs) but, like, it's like every Sunday Aaron invited him on that bus. You know, hey, man, I want to see you come on this bus. Hey, you know, one of these days you're going to come with us. Uh, you know, hey, man, why don't you come to church with us? And you get all those, you got three years worth of no's, you know? Yeah. But yep. now yep. he's he's so excited about the church, and he got baptized. His sons got baptized. His, uh, his daughter's not baptized yet. You know, we're trying to get his wife to come to church now. And, you yeah, know, right. he, he just wow. loves the church so much. Um, he's the guy, right. if you ever saw that picture of that barbecue I posted, he's the one who bought that barbecue for us. You know, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he's this good. guy. He's showing up to every event that the church is having. He showed up to family night. You know, and the guy has so a car. Cool. The guy has yeah. a car. It's not like he that can't drive anywhere. He has a car. He shows up to family night, and he bought juices for all the kids at the park. You know, or and he like when we're on the bus and and it's super hot on the bus and I I tell my mom I'm like hey you know let's pull into the smart and final we're gonna go grab some ice cream. He's like, oh, I'm going to buy ice cream with you. And he's like trying to battle me out with ice creams, you know. But, like, <laughs> you know, it was th- it was all those years of no's that finally just pushed him. And he said, you know what? And he told me, he said, you know, I- I'm just, I was fed up with the way my life was. And he goes, yeah. and I would see you guys pick up my kids. And I would, I would say, you know, there's something that I- I'm looking for. Maybe they got it, you know. Um, right. Yeah. But when I hear that story, I just think of that, man. And I think that. You know, you never know, you know, like they may never come until that one time they just get fed up with their life and they say, you know, I'm going to try something different. Right, right. Yeah, life is, it's, it's very, it's very fluid, man, and it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then that's one thing that I tell myself is you, you never know what happened the night before, you know, mm-hmm. you never yeah. know if they got a phone call before, you never know if they found out something about somebody, you never know if they lost a job and you could very well have knocked on their door a hundred times, but that, that 101st time that you, you end up knocking on it, you know, that could be the time that, oh, yeah. that things are different, that things have changed in their life where they see their mm-hmm. need for the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess going back to what you said about me on outreach, um, my elevator speech. So I guess going a little bit before that, um, before uh, focusing on what I say and what I try to get my people to say, I, I try to take some time to focus on the, who my people are. And I call them my people, you know, it's, it's my church. I love my church. Um, yeah. Who those in my outreach team are. I, focus on who they are as a person and and i really try to get them to believe wholeheartedly that when you are out there you are an ambassador of jesus christ you are a disciple you are a christian you are not trying to sell them you know 
You're not going to door-to-door selling plastic. You're not trying to sell insurance. You are trying to connect them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you step out knowing that you are going in authority and you are going in power. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that it is the will of God that every Christian produce the fruit of the Spirit and they produce the gifts of the Spirit. You know, I I, I find it so interesting that I I, I might have mentioned some of this on the other uh, on the other podcast so sorry if it's not like a broken record but no, i find no. it so interesting that out of all the things that god could have said this is what the fruit of the spirit is going to be he could have said it's going to be memorizing you know you're going to have the ability to memorize verses like never before you're going to have the ability to speak you know fluently you're going to have the ability to you know do all these things But when he said that this is what the fruit of the Spirit is going to be, the evidence that I'm living through you, he started pointing out things like love and peace and joy and long-suffering. And I said, when the Holy Ghost begins to live through you, you know, those are the things that you're going to produce. And it's beautiful imagery because fruit, what is fruit? Fruit has seed in it. It, it's it's fruit when it hits the ground, animals come and they eat it, and when they digest it, you know, they, the, the the seed goes through them or whatever, it lands in the ground, mm-hmm. and, it, and it bears more trees, it bears more whatever. And I said, and when you're bearing that fruit and you've got that seed inside of you, what you're doing is you're handing these people that you encounter, you're handing them apples, you're handing them bananas, you're handing them grapes, you're handing them whatever. And as they begin to eat the fruit that is coming off of your life, because of the spirit that's living through you, they're going to taste the sweetness of the joy and the sweetness of the peace and the sweetness of the love. And as Mm -hmm. they begin to eat more and more of it, they're going to begin to get the word inside of them. And that word that has been planted is going to start to bear even more fruit within them. And, um, and so I, I really try to push that, that on them. When y'all guys, when y'all go, y'all let the fruit shine through y'all. Y'all let the love shine through y'all. Y'all let the joy shine through y'all. They need to be, they, they just need to be, um, um, what does the Bible say? It, it, it calls, uh, it says his name shall be called Wonderful. They need to be left in wonder, wondering, you know, who is this person? What is this? Why do I feel this way? You yeah. know, why, why, what is this glow coming off of their face? Um, that That is something I, I try to tell them. And another thing I try to tell them is like, when you go out, you, you need to expect that God is going to use you in the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, there's a guy at my church. Uh, he's he's a wonderful man. He's been in church for about five years. But I'd say from about his first year and a half in church, God began to use him in the gifts of the Spirit in ways that I have not seen with anybody else, uh, just personally. You know, I've known a lot of people. But, I mean, he, I mean, he, he's a man who's walked up to me multiple times and said, Alex, the Holy Ghost has told me to tell you this. And I mean, the guy's like 31, you know, he's not like 80, you know, mm-hmm. he's been in church five years. Um, yeah. And I mean, just crazy stuff, man. And he told me, uh, he gave me a word and like a month later, I tell him, brother, you know, that word you gave me. Yeah, this is what I was thinking. And he just, you know, without even blinking, he said, I know, I know that because the Holy Ghost told me you were thinking that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> You know, but he, he always, he always, and he's won families to the Lord. Wow. I mean, whole families, he's won to God. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, gosh, just in five years, there's probably what, 15 people from three different families on our pews because of him. Wow. Um, tremendous. And that's just the people who stayed, you know, there are a few that, you know, left, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's a solid man, solid man. Um, 
one his parents, one his cousins, one his friends, you know, just great mm-hmm. guy. But he, he always tells me, Alex, you pray for discernment. You pray for discernment whenever you're witnessing. He says, yeah. you pray that God gives you the, the ability to see in their life and to speak into their life and to speak words in their life. Yeah. And um, yeah. something super cool. Uh, last Saturday, we went and door knocked at this one place. We always door knock out. We get a lot of kids from there. And I was walking by this one house. And as I walked by, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, you knock on that door. Mm. And I was like, okay. And I walked right past it because I was going to get it as we were coming back this way. It was actually like three doors, and I didn't know which one he was talking about, but he was like, knock on that one. So I was going to knock on three doors, hoping I hit the right one. And so we go, we get talk to some parents, you know, get some potential kids to come on our van and we're coming back and I see this family, they're leaving. And I was like, man, this could be the family. Uh, Let me go talk to them real quick. And I go and I talk to them. And I mean, within 30 seconds, their kids are jumping up and down. Mom, we want to go to Sunday school. We want to go to Sunday school. Uh, That Sunday we picked them up. We picked their cousin up. They're excited. Um, Last Sunday, uh, oh, that was two weeks ago. Last Sunday, they didn't come, but their cousin still came and, and she, Without being prompted by a single soul, this 10-year-old just walks to the altar by herself in the middle wow. of praise and worship and just stands there. And it, it, it was not a single thing that I did other than saying, Lord, allow me to be sensitive enough for you to lead me to the people who are hungry for this, mm-hmm. to the people who are wanting this, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And so that is that is something I try to push him up to. And I and I tell them, I tell them like, guys, there is there's no reason why you cannot lay hands on somebody and they be healed at their doorstep. Where they cannot be mm-hmm. prayed through to the Holy Ghost at their doorstep. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I fully, fully believe that I, I, I am absolutely convinced that the Lord and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to start out by saying me, but, but I'm going to broaden that because it is not about me. I believe the Lord's going to use me in the gifts of miracles and the gifts of healings and, and the uh-huh. gift of faith. And, and not because I am me, but because I am a Christian. And it is the will of God that Christians be used in that way. And so I try to tell that to the people that I'm going out with. Hey, you know, expect the Holy Ghost to move. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is called the Great Commission. It is a co-mission. It is a mission with God. We are not working for God. We're not working under God, but we are working side by side with God. You know, we are the hands and we are the feet, but you know, he's the soul and he's the heart. And, you know, Mm -hmm. as we let that heart kind of pump its blood through our limbs, you know, he's going to begin to, to move in a supernatural way. Um, Something something super cool that I've been thinking about lately. You know how you just kind of get these thoughts that you kind of dwell on here and there. Um, what is I've just been asking myself: What is the difference between the the presence of God and the power of God? Because mm-hmm. um, they're not necessarily the same thing. And I believe the power of God is the presence of God manifested in this physical world, mm. because His presence moves on your spirit and you feel him, but the power of God moves on the things that you can see and the things that you can touch. Right. right. You know, um, it's, it's one thing to say, you know, I feel the spirit of God, but it's another thing for his power to work through you. And how does his power manifest his power and his spirit manifests through the gifts of the spirit and, and manifests through a word of wisdom, a, a word of, of knowledge, uh, discernment, um, healings, miracles, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
to get the faith. You know, that's how his, his presence manifests. Um, yeah. And and so I, I, I tell them, like, when you go out, guys, expect nothing less than the miraculous. Yeah. Um, because if you so choose to live in that world, you will see nothing less than the miraculous. That's right. Um, I think that – hardest... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, brother. I, no, I think, that, I think that you touched on a really important part. And I think that a lot of times the the results of outreach are not necessarily just you going out. And that's 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 a big portion of it. Don't don't get me wrong. But right. you gotta cover yourself in prayer. You gotta yeah. cover that neighborhood in prayer. A lot of times, you know, um people just go out and knock doors and they do it on their own will. And, you know, yeah, you might be able to talk to somebody, but it's what God is doing with you. And it's just, you know, um, so many times in prayer that I'm like, God, lead me, lead me, show me, show me. Because I don't want to ever feel that I'm getting people to go to church just because of I know how to talk to somebody. I'm praying that God is leading me to the, like you said, to the people that are hungry, the people that are weary. And a lot of times I say, God, give me the words to say. You know, um, so many times we get nervous. People get nervous about knocking on doors. Oh, I I can't talk to people. You're right. You can't talk to people, you know. Right. But but if you allow God to use you, God will talk to people. God will will give you the words to say and say, hey, you know what? This isn't me. I'm the worst at talking to people. But you know what? God is going to give me the anointing. God is going to allow me to be used. You know, you are vessels. He's just filling this vessel and using it how he pleases. And, right. you know, a lot of times God gives, gives me the words to say to people. I, I'm probably the worst person to talk to people because a lot of times I put my foot <laughs> in my mouth and I say the wrong thing, you know? Um, yeah, and know I've, definitely, I've definitely done that a bunch of times on outreach. You know, I've said the wrong thing to somebody and and they don't want to talk to me, but you know, uh-huh. um, but I've but I've come to the point in that I've realized that if I'm not taking a time of prayer before I go out, I'm going on my own will, and I'm not walking with God. You know, right. and we have to, we have right. to treat that with the utmost importance because that is what that is what makes your outreach effective is prayer and crying over, you know, you know, opening your heart up to God and just saying, God, I want to see lost souls won today. Yeah. And like you said, yeah. I want to see yeah. miracles happen. I want to pray people through the Holy Ghost today. I want to see miracles happen. I want to see life changed out on right. the streets, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was so important that you brought that up, that, you know, like, we got to cover this before anything with prayer. Right. Right. Um, and covering it with prayer, also being the Christian um, that you need to be on a daily basis. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a, let me get holy for Sunday and let me get holy for Saturday. It's, you know, let me walk in holiness. Yeah. Um, I, uh, and and I, I really stress to them, uh, I believe so much of outreach, especially those who say outreach doesn't work, so mm. much of outreach for those people has been made hey, let me knock and invite you to my church. When outreach really should be, hey, 
I'm in front of your door and the church is right here. So what mm-hmm. do you need? You need yeah. healing, like it's right here. You need you need deliverance, it's literally right in front of your door. What do you mm-hmm. need? Um it, it it said he sent them out two by two, you know, and he sent them out two by two, not to bring them back to a building, but he sent them out to connect them, you know, to God, to the spirit mm-hmm. of God, to the to the message of the gospel. Um and so that's that's really what even before we step out, I almost every single time I give a speech about that, you know, we're going to go and we're going to go and we're going to let the spirit move and we're going to let the Lord flow and we're going to let the Lord lead us. And I tell you that some of my favorite times on outreach is when people who are just regular Christians who, you know, they're not preachers, they don't have powerful ministries. They're just faithful mm-hmm. saints come up to me afterwards and say, bro, like she was in tears, man. She was crying, you know, uh, I, mm-hmm. I felt the Holy Ghost. You know, I laid my hands on her, and I began to feel the warmth just coming off of it. You know, uh, yeah. You know, just it's it's, and and I say yes, that's it. That is you letting the Spirit move. That is mm-hmm. you letting God work through you. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so so that's that's what I try to tell tell them before. You know, uh, just let the Lord work through you. you we're taking the mm-hmm. church to them. When I go, uh, my elevator speech, so I go, and like you said, you know, you kind of size them up. You, you, want to, you want to see, you know, do they have kids? You know, how does their home look? You know, if they've got, you know, plants everywhere and nice uh, those little w- uh, wind chimes and they got a Lincoln in the driveway, you know, they're probably older. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so I knock and they open the door. I'm like, hey, my name is Alex Vasquez. I'm from the Pentecostals of Rosenberg. We're just going around inviting kids to Sunday school. We've got this awesome program where we feed them. Uh, there's Bible lessons. Uh, we pick them up at such and such time. And we'd love to know if your kids would like to come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually by then, you know, we'll just take the conversation from there. You know, they're going to be like, oh, I don't know. Like, it's an amazing time. Your kids are going to love it. You know, we've got awesome Sunday school teachers. Um uh, and my dad has a thing where he just has his iPad and he just starts flipping through pictures with them. He has the best oh, yeah. pictures and he'll just start flipping through. Mm-hmm. And I mean, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it works. We don't try to make it super long, you know, five, seven seconds at the max. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'd say five, seven, you know, 10 seconds, you know, but anything, you know, you, they don't need to like, you know, know everything about the church. They just got to mm-hmm. know what it is and who you are, and maybe what time you're going to pick them up. Yeah. You know? Another thing I add on to that is that we always, I always push, um, you know, the safety of the kids. I say, hey, you know, it would be an awesome place for you to come. And if I see a parent's kind of weary about it, I say, hey, all of our teachers have background checks. Uh, You know, like in California, that's a huge thing. I say every teacher has a background check. Every bus driver, bus captain has a background check. Um, you know, we're, you know, we got cameras everywhere. I, I try to make the parents feel like this place has it together. You don't definitely want to tell them like, hey, yeah, kids go wild, you know, because no parents <laughs> want to say, send their kid to a place where their kids are just not going to be supervised, you know. Um, yeah. And I always let them know what time we pick up. I say I pick up around this time. Now things do happen. Um, and I always tell them if I, if I can get your number, I can call you and let you know where we're at, you know, um, until we get into the groove of things. And then I always let them know your kid's going to be back around this time. Um, And I say, this is, and I always give them my card. My card has my personal cell number on it. 
and I say, this is my personal number. You call or text me if you ever need me, you know, or you call and text me if anything makes you feel uncomfortable or you're just not sure or you want to check up on the kids, call or text me. Um, If it's, I said, if it's during church, text me. I may see it and I'll get back to you as soon as I can, you know, Um, because I want to make that parent feel as safe as possible. And the greatest, the best thing is, is that, you know, it works for me is I got my mom driving a bus. So mm, I always yeah. point out and I say, hey, you know, I'm I'm the captain here on this on this bus route. Um, I have another lady named Sister Dalila that goes with us. Uh, she helps me out with uh, making sure the kids are safe on the bus. And then I say, you yeah, yeah. and my mom drives the bus. And that, for me, is, is a huge selling point for them. And they're like, whoa, your mom drives the bus? I'm like, yeah, she drives this 25-passenger bus. She's been doing it for years. Uh, she loves, you know, doing bus ministry and driving all these kids around to the church and she's an excellent driver, you know, and I'm, and I'm mm-hmm. just telling that I'm just saying, you know, like this is the safest place your kids are going to be, you know, that's so cool, man. And, yeah, and I like how you were saying with that one guy is that you would say, Hey, you know, and I always use this. Hey, if you just want a couple hours away from the kids, send them with mm-hmm. me, you know, yeah. I go, Hey man, that's yeah. free daycare right there, you know, exactly. and there's guys yeah. that are like, you know what, man, Maybe me and my wife want to go out, you know. I'm like, yeah, man, send them with me, especially during um, – we don't have VBS, but we have Kids Revival. I always mm-hmm. – Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you got three nights that you can go out with your with your girlfriend, with your wife, whatever it is, and you can just have a night free from the kids. Where else can you get that for free? That's and cool, your kids man. are being ticket, you know. And, and yeah. then I got guys that are – or guys or, or women that are just like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you know. So dangle that free night of freedom for them, you know? Right, like, right, Why right. not? They're, if they feel safe enough with, you know, with talking to you and, you know. Right. But that's just one one thing that I make sure that I'm always pushing, letting them know how safe it is, how how awesome it is. And, you know, uh-huh. who are all these people? You know, um, you know, and I always tell them. And another thing I used to is I always point out different kids around that area that I do pick up. If it's the same yeah. area that I work in, I say, hey, I pick up so-and-so down the street with their kids. And, you know, I use that as a, like, hey, I know that kid or I see that kid come on, you know, walking down the street with my kids to school. Um, yeah, maybe yeah. I will let them. You know, I always use that because that's a good right. point to just get them like, okay, if so-and-so's parents trust you, I'm okay with that. Right, right. And and we've had that happen before. You know, we get kids because the kids, the other kids in the neighborhood and the parents know each other. And if, Oh, these kids are going with you, then I mean, it should be fine. Yeah. My kids can ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's super cool, man. Focusing on safety. Yeah. I, it's, I don't think it's something that we've ever stressed, but it is an awesome idea because I mean, we definitely encounter parents. You can tell looking in their eyes, they're on the fence. Like they mm-hmm. don't know, they don't know who to trust, but I mean, no. that's, that's an awesome thing. Actually, the guy who drives our van is an EMT and he drives a, a ambulance. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just, that's, that's a phenomenal selling point right there. Yeah. yeah um, definitely. Something really cool that I think you mentioned that I'd, I'd like to mention on here. Something I stress to the, uh, the people I do outreach with is that always, always, always get their number and don't just give yours to them. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, because, I, and, and I, you know, 99 out of 100 times when you give them your number and say, hey, man, come to my church, call me if you need anything, we'd love to pick you up. 
they would never call you ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever. And it's just how people are, you know, they don't yeah. see their need for the gospel. They don't see their need for truth. They don't see their need for Acts 238. So mm-hmm. unless they're desperately hungry for something new, you know, they're not going to give you a call. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say, get their number, get their number. Um, it was like two weeks ago, someone was like, hey, Alice, they want your number to call you. I was like, actually get their number and we'll call them. Um, and we did. And I texted her and she said, no, my kids, uh, they got home late. But I was like, great, you know, we'll pick them up another time. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but along with that, I text them uh, just like, you know, you give them a card. I say, hey, I'm going to text you. You're going to have my number. Call me if you need anything. Um, it'll be on your phone. Uh, I'll, I'll try to ha- answer whenever I can. Um, but I make sure we get their number and I make sure that they have mine and um, that they can get a hold of me, you know, whenever they need to get a hold of me. Um, but I, yeah. I think it's really awesome that you hand out a card. That just, that, that, that's a lot of, gives you a lot of credibility right there. That, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then our cards actually have, I have a, actually one in my car right now. I always keep them with me. Um, uh-huh. It has, it has, the big thing is, it's like, hey, it has a little picture of a bus that says, we'll pick you up. And then it has uh, youth and children, and then it shows weekly services. It has our website. It has, a, it has uh, the address of the church. Uh, we added our Instagram handle on there. So parents right. can, can go later on and view our Instagram so they can see what's going on in their church. Um, but, yeah, I think that's really important what you were saying about always get their number because mm-hmm. that is, like, the hugest thing. And I agree with you that they will not call you. if they. And there's, I mean, there's few people that will call you, but get their numbers. You call them. And then this is the other thing. Don't just get that information. And not do anything with it. That is the worst thing that you can do. Is, yeah. You know, you yeah. got to make sure. And there's been times that I have forgotten and life happens. And I got a busy yeah. Saturday that I just got everything going. And I got to stop everything I'm doing. And I say, man, I just realized. it's. It, I, I would recommend, and this is not for everybody, I would recommend calling between the hours of 5 and 7. Uh-huh. To call, you got to set sometime in that day between that time call those contacts that you made that day that night and say oh yeah absolutely hey, my name is so and so you may have not even talked to them and say i got your information from sister so and so uh saying that you were interested in coming on on our bus this sunday tomorrow and i just wanted to confirm with you and just double check cuz that's going to go a cue like that's going to go a long way with that person yeah. saying wow they actually called me you know, right. Um, right. and, you know, they may have just given the number just to be nice, or they may have given you Domino's number. Who cares? <laughs> you know, um, yeah. there's been, there's been two times and it's, it's so random too. There's been two times that I've called people that gave us their number. I called them and I got cussed out and I'm like, well, why'd you give us their, your number? <laughs> you know, yeah. but you know, I have that number now and I got, your address so guess what i'm gonna go visit you every sunday now you know um that's pretty funny yeah but um but i'm just like in my head i'm like well, why would you give the number just say no um right but, right you know but you have to call that day to confirm don't wait uh-huh. till sunday sunday morning right. and they'll be like well this church is last minute and i really don't want to do i don't want to go now you know they're calling me while i'm sleeping I didn't know what time you were coming to church, you know, or we were yeah, going to exactly, church. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but you got, like, there's been times that I've remembered, I'm like, man, I got to get out. And, like, I'll be at the church and we'll be at prayer. And it's just like, all of a sudden, I just realized I didn't call anybody. 
I didn't call the, the two contacts that I got that week. So I'm like running outside really fast. I'm dialing these numbers and I'm calling people. Um, but you got to make sure that you're following up that day. Yeah. Even it's, if it's, you know, very it's, important. It's super important because if not, you could lose that contact just because you weren't responsible enough to do it. Yeah. And it's, it's not like you lose the contact because they're like, Oh, well, I don't want to go to that church. They didn't call me. Mm-hmm. It's, they're just they're just going about their daily life, you know. Church yeah. came and knocked. Church, you know, they're not giving it a second thought in the world. It's just one mm-hmm. more church that knocked on their door, you know. Um, yeah. But it's you losing the contacts because you didn't take the effort to to go through and call them that same night, which again, you know, our stress is really important. You know, um, it's 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 calling them this Sunday morning when they're in bed and their kids are like knocked out is not enough, you know. Yeah. They need to know that Sunday morning, hey, they're picking you up at 9. Like, make sure you're ready. You said last night mm-hmm. you are going. They're, they're literally going to be knocking on our door, so mm-hmm. get up. And, I, and I've gotten contacts from people that, you know, that somebody gave me, hey, so-and-so, this person, I talked to this person, they say they want to call. And that always always makes sure that people that are going with me, you've got to get their number. Give me their number, their name, their address. I need those things. Those are like, if you don't get that from me, it's going to make it a lot more <laughs> difficult, you know? need those. I yeah, I, I've, yeah, yeah. I've read uh, some people be like, yeah, they're coming. Where do you live? I don't know, but it's that one house over there. It's a house and on I'm the just corner, like, and I'm like, and I yeah. got leaders. I got leaders doing this to me, and I'm like, come on, you know, <laughs> you should know better. Um, but I've called people that night and getting ready to see if they're going to come, and I've had half an hour, 45-minute conversations with them. about, and oh, that, can awesome. into, that can turn into a Bible study right on the phone. Right, you know, right, and right, I right. and yeah. I had this one lady I called, and she didn't end up coming, but you know, and I think that God's really just trying to work on her, and and I'm just continuing to pray for her. But I'll call her every now and then to say, hey, how you doing? Just want to see. And she was telling me, you know, she's like, you know, brother Ray, I just I feel that I need to do something with my life, and you know, and uh-huh. I need to do something because I got these kids, and I need to make sure that I'm teaching these kids right. And I, you know, and that turned into a, a half an hour, forty five minute conversation about. You know, her, me telling her that, hey, you don't got to beat yourself up. There's, there's hope yeah. for you, you know. And yeah. you know, oh, she God. didn't come, but you know what? Hopefully, God allowed me to just tell her that, like, hey, there's hope. Don't give up. You know, like we're the church is here, and and I told her over the phone. I said, you know, you're right. You do need to put your kids in church. You do need to, you need to bring yourself to church. You know, right. Um, right. and I, you know, and God gave me boldness then. And I just said, you know, you need to, you're right. You need to stop playing, playing games with, with God and, 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 you know, get your life together. And, and, you know, you're not going to do that by your own strength. You're going to do that with God. And, you know, like, that's just one of those moments that, you know, God just really, you know, opened up that avenue. But if I would have never called her to, to see if she was coming to church the next day, I would have never had that conversation. Right. Right. And I didn't even talk to her. I didn't even get her contact information. Somebody else gave it to me, you know, but yeah. it's like yeah. making sure that, and then plus, you know, it just shows that you really care, you know, it shows it them yeah. that you're, you're trustworthy, that you're, you're dependable. You know, nobody wants to go on a bus that with people that aren't dependable. Nobody wants to send their kids with anybody that's not dependable. Uh, you know, yeah, there's some exactly. people that just, there's some people that don't care, and you know what? And thank God that those people are, are letting their kids come on our bus 
rather than right. any other bus because I would be worried if they just let their kids go with whoever, you know. Right. Um, right, right. But I think that's a I think that's a huge thing is making sure we're following up that night um, once you get a contact and not just treating it as I got a number I'm going to call them Sunday morning and see if they're coming or you may not even call them or visit them the next or go and drive by the house that Sunday you know. Um, yeah. That's that's huge. I mean, you're getting people saying, "Yeah, I'm interested," and then you just do nothing with that information. Right. I had a, I think it was about a month ago. Uh, I'd gotten. We went on outreach. They uh, two people gave me addresses, but they did not give me numbers. And so, I mean, I went on outreach, came uh, home. I right after outreach, I visited the van kids, and. Uh, the kids we pick up and got home. I'm hungry. I'm tired. And I was like, snap, like I don't have their numbers, but just have their addresses. And mm-hmm. I knew that if I didn't go visit them now, I wasn't going to visit them. You know, it's later in the day. I wasn't going to call them because I don't have their numbers. So I got in my car, literally went to their house and said, Hey, earlier someone knocked on your door, uh, inviting your kids to Sunday school. I just want to know if they'd be able to come. We'd love to pick them up. And, you know, they gave me their number and just like that, you know, I, I called them that same night, texted them the same night. Um, but getting their number is very important. Very, very yeah. important. Just as important as getting their address. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I tell my people, you know, it, it's, 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 you know, if, yes, we need to know where they live, but if, if they don't know what time we're going to be picking them up, I mean, you know, it's, it's not right for us to go knock on their door at nine and they're not really expecting us or they don't know what time, you know, they mm-hmm. don't know if we're starting church at eight, if we're starting church at 10, at 12. Yeah. So yeah, getting, getting your number. It's, it's a really important thing. Really important yeah. thing. And with that being said, like, you know, you want to build up your, your church and you want to explain to all, you know, if you got them in that yes mode, explain all the things that are going on. And this is, I think this is, we'll touch on this is that Sunday school teachers, youth ministers, and even our adult ministry, you know, coordinators or leaders, we need to make sure that our ministries are giving their best. You know, I could, I could build up the church. And then as soon as these, it, it reminds me of this time we had, this um we had this camping theme at our church at our, uh-huh. our kids church and we told them we told the kids hey there's going to be a bear at the church <laughs> you know uh-huh, nice. and yeah. we yeah, we yeah. bought we bought this we bought this bear costume on amazon and it was yeah. like 40 bucks well we couldn't find anybody i couldn't go out and put it on and then some we found the skinniest guy in the church to put it on and so then we're like, are you guys ready for the bear? And the kids are like, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as the bear walked out, the costume looked super funny on him because he's so skinny. And it was just flapping everywhere around. So the kids were like, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as he comes up, they go, oh. <laughs> and and yeah. I bring that story up because you don't want people going to your church and saying, yeah, yeah, man, this guy on the spot. And they're like, oh. This up. And they're like, oh. Nobody here is excited. And, you know, this is a big thing. When adults are going to your church, if your people, if you're, if you're, you are not, or your saints are not worshiping during service, you know, we're not, we're not showing them what this is about. Nobody wants to go to a church that's dead. Nobody wants to go to a church that, you know, 
that they don't feel God, you know, and we have right. to, it's not that we're putting on a show, you know, we, when you're worshiping, just mean it, just lift up God. And that's the time yeah. I bring someone to church and I'm in the sanctuary with them. I'm making sure that I'm lifting up God with everything because I want to show them that I have joy that God has given me. And I'm just demonstrating what, how excited I am about what he's done for me and what he's doing in my life. Um, and the yeah. same thing with our with our youth ministries, you know, they don't want to go to, they're not going to want to come back if you're not doing anything. And it, or it, same thing with your kids' church. You got to make sure that you're giving the best that you can. I'm not saying you need to have lasers and and bounce houses and cotton candy machines, but you sure. know what? But the best you got, that you can do. The best that you can do. You got to give them, you know, 110 percent of what you're able to give. And it may be as simple as, hey, I made them pancakes this morning, and we talked about, you know, we talked about this in the Bible, and we talked about that, and then we prayed at the end. And if that's your best, then give it, you know? Give it, so, yeah. yeah. So many times that I don't want our kids, I don't want kids to show up to our church and be like, yeah, this place is, this place is nothing that they told me it was going to be, you know? Right. Nobody when was. You mentioned. Go ahead. Well, when you mentioned uh, they don't, I guess, especially adults, like kids, you want it to be fun and you want it to be a live church, but especially for adults, you want it to be live and you don't want it to be dead. They're not really coming for fun. You know, they're coming for the difference. What is the difference here that doesn't mm-hmm. exist anywhere else? And and typically when we talk about a live church and a dead church, uh, visually we associate that with movement and with music. And, uh, you know, a dead church is one that doesn't move. They don't clap hands. They don't jump. They don't lift their hands. A live church is one that does all of those things. But it's, it's you, you touched on it. It's not those things that really make it a live church. What makes it a live church is the Spirit of God that is moving in the place. And the Spirit of God doesn't just respond to movement, but the Bible says that he inhabits the praises. It's the praises. And when the praises go up, the spirit comes down and the spirit begins to move on the people. And when the spirit moves on the people, you know, um, when the spirit begins to move on the people, that's when things begin to come alive. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, so that's why we emphasize praise. And that's why we emphasize well, well for, for multiple reasons, you know, we emphasize praise and worship because it is to God, we're praising him, we're honoring him. But, but I say a, a, a benefit of that is when we do that, his spirit comes down. When his spirit comes down, it begins to touch the lives of men and women. And, and that's when you begin to have a live church, when he begins to speak to the dry bones and, and he mm-hmm. brings them back to life. Yeah. Um, and you want people yeah. to walk in and just say, that church is different, you yeah. know. Just yeah, because exactly. your church is different from every other church doesn't make it a bad thing. You know, they're going to walk in and feel the power, you know, the presence of God, and then they're going to allow that presence to just power God to move on them, you know. Right, um, right, and that, right, right. That's the huge thing is it's like I want every kid come into our church and feel the presence of God. Right. You know, I want them to right. feel safety. I want them to feel happiness. I want them to feel that people are loving them. I want them to feel like nothing else they have ever felt when they step in our room. And that's how we get kids to come back. You know, that's how we get first time visitors to become faithful 
visitors or faithful members of our church, um, you know, and it's because they felt something. And, you know, like I bring this back to that Sister Doris, that, that elderly lady that I pick up on Sunday nights. If she uh-huh. didn't feel the power of God in our church, probably would have never came back. But right. she told me that first service, she goes, Brother Ray, she goes, I felt God in this place. <laughs> and, and I was like, that's yeah. good. You know, I was like, he's, so he's there. I was like, he's, yeah. he's here right now. And she's like, she just began to cry. And she, you know, we we're on the way home. She's just like, I just, I just felt him so strong. And, I, you know, I was like, man, I'm so thankful that I go to a church that people can say that, you know. And, right. You know, there's there's a lot of churches out here that are trying to, you know, give this and give that. And I, I, I have a hard time with my neighborhood because I'm battling against churches that are mega churches in the area. And they're doing – I can't compete with these people oh, doing oh, – Oh, same, 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 same. Know, Let me mention I, this. I uh, – I, I was talking to our Sunday school superintendent. She's like, Alex, you know, these, I, I told her these, this family stopped coming, and, and mm-hmm. I think this other one stopped coming too. And I asked her uh, why, and, and I mentioned that I think this other church is picking them up. And she said she talked, she ran into like someone involved in the Sunday school over there. And mm-hmm. she said that while they were talking, the guy at that other mega church, some denominal church, said, Yeah, we're about to start building a water park for our kids on our campus. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, like, <laughs> there's no way, you know, we're never going to have a water park. I don't care how big we get, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's what we're competing with. Uh, it's, you know, it's hard. It can be hard, you know, when you've got mm-hmm. other huge churches in the area that have mm-hmm. just money to throw at it and burn and still have money left over. Yeah. Um, I'm, and I'm competing. I, I, I got to, I was so blessed to sit down with Brother Spell a couple of years ago. And I told oh, him, I said, Brother Spell, I said, I'm struggling with my neighborhoods because I got these big churches coming over and they're doing block parties and giving away bags of food and they're doing all this back to school stuff. And I said, I just simply don't have that budget. And I go, what do I do? What's your thoughts on, on doing block parties? And he looks at me and he goes, don't you worry about that. He goes, because when that they stop doing those programs, guess where these kids are coming back? Because they're going to come back to your church. They're going to go to where they feel the presence of God. You might lose them for a minute with that, with the giveaways, with the water slides, with all that other, you know, superficial uh-huh. stuff. He goes, but you just keep visiting them. You keep knocking on their doors. He goes, because guess what? As soon as they stop doing that, you're going to get them back. He goes, because the people that are going to that are only in it for the superficial stuff. Right. He goes, there's no right. substance to any of that. And so every time I see that, I say, you know what? That's okay. I'm not going to get discouraged by this mega church giving out hundreds of dollars of stuff to them, paying people's rent, you know, because yeah. it's superficial. It has no substance. Right. It's it's right. almost like uh, one of those, um, you know, the, the carbs, the sugar carbs, you know, it's going to burn out super quick. Um, uh-huh. And he was telling me, he goes, I don't do block parties anymore. He said, I don't do anything on a Saturday other than knock on doors and invite people to my church. He goes, if I do any of that, he goes, I don't see anything wrong with doing it. He goes, but I'm going to have it at my church on a Sunday because I want you on a Sunday. I don't want you on a Saturday. He goes, I want you in the house of God. 
so that way you have an opportunity to meet Jesus. You know? And I and I was so it was so encouraging to hear that from from somebody who has a tremendous bus ministry in their church and just say, Hey, you know, I've been there before. Don't worry about it. You know? Right. Um this is this is what we do and this is what we're standing for and you know, and that was so encouraging to me just to hear that from somebody and, and to know that I'm you know, like what I felt he's felt before and he's like, We've done it before he goes, It just doesn't work. It doesn't keep people in church. You know, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. and I, I and it's funny that you said that that church was building a water slide, and I thought a water park, a water, water park. park, and I and I thought of this post and I saved this. I was I was going to send this to my team, um, and it was from this church. I'm not going to say what church it is because it's none, it's neither here nor there, but it, right. it, they posted this thing on Instagram and it said, "Hey parents, it says we just wanted to give you a heads up. August fourth, so obviously this is past." All elementary kids, K through 6, will will be checked in at the K3 doors. It says, we are kicking, kicking back for the long weekend with a movie morning. And I saw that, and I got livid. And obviously, this is not a apostolic church. It's probably just a church I follow that I see just to get ideas from, you know, and I, I think uh-huh. that I think that's a, I think that if you're not if you're not grounded, you could really catch into something like that and and go off in a could direction. You explain that, like what what I, what are they doing? I didn't I didn't really catch it. So what they're offering, they're saying they're doing is because it says because it's been so busy at that church, they're going to uh-huh. be showing they're going to be showing a movie on Sunday morning instead of. Teaching. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> and it's and it's not a oneness church. Uh, it's not, and I'm, I'm not yeah, trying to say it is. I don't know. What what it is is, and I saw that, and like I said, I follow this church probably because I just want to grab ideas, and you know, still that still that little bit of what I think is okay, and then if might be just decoration ideas. I don't know what the particular right. reason why is I'm following them. Right. Um, but I I said to myself, and I was going to send that to my team and say, but I I never want to see a day that we get lazy enough where we think that that's okay. You know? Right. And then that's not just right. talking about the movie. That's a whole other ball game in itself. You know? Right. But I right. never want to get to the point in my ministry where I just want to kick back on a Sunday because we're tired. You know? Yeah. And that right. just lit a fire under me. And, you know, I, I went to church that next Sunday and I was like, you know what? I don't want to settle for kicking back because I'm tired. And giving uh-huh. the kids second best, you know, and that was like, you know, like the water park stuff, like all that stuff is superficial. It's not going to give them anything, you know, yeah. it's going to keep yeah. them there for the excitement and then they're going to leave. Um, right. But, you know, just when you have things at your church, we, we need to be giving the best and we need to be giving things that are memorable. And, you know, it takes, sometimes it takes you staying at the church till, 11 or 12 o'clock at night setting up or prepping your lesson the night before or that week of, which you should be doing, not the night before, um, you know, including preaching uh-huh. for myself. Sometimes I, I get, sometimes we get busy, but, you know, we want to give the best to these kids and adults and teens that it's something that makes them come back to church. You know, they want to feel something when they get there. 
Um, and I think that's really, you know, all of our ministries need to be working together. It's not just your outreach ministry and bus ministry. It's the children's ministry. It's the youth ministry. Everybody's working together and saying, hey, what can we do to get people to our church? If you're running a bus at your church or wanting to run a bus at your church, I think that, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, talk to those leaders and say, I got, you know, X amount of people coming on my bus. What can we do to, to get more? You know, I got a bunch right. of teens on my bus. What can I do to make sure that they're all at a, all these events? You know, right. or I got right. kids and we're having a, a junior camp this year. And I want to make sure that I, I, my goal is to have four kids from my bus go on, go to junior camp this year, you know? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. that's how we get people that are to become reoccurring people and even transitioning, you know, from, from a guest on the bus to a saint in the church. And they might be a saint in the church and ride the bus every Sunday. That's not, you know, it doesn't identify on whether they drive to church or not. It's, it's, are they involved in the church? Right. Right. Um, you're, you're right. It's, it's, it's eventually what's going to take the fruit of your ministry to the next level is when all ministries get involved. Um, it's, it, it literally takes a whole church to mm-hmm. save somebody. Um, yeah. there's a young lady who I won to the Lord and I won her to, to the Lord. I brought her to church. I taught her. her fr- I, I believe we, we went through a whole Bible study series, went through another one and we we're on our third one. And I was like, you know what? You know, a lot. It's, it's, you know enough to I don't need to teach you another thing and you can start living for the Lord. And she, she agreed. She fully agreed with me. Um, mm-hmm. But even though I brought her to, to church, uh, she had some real bad issues at home. Um, she could write a book. Let me just say it like that. Um, her mm-hmm. mom, her mom uh, had real problems with her coming to church. Her mom eventually kicked her out the house for coming to church. Um, and, you know, said, you can't live here if you're going to be going there. And so her mom kicked her out. Well, even though I brought her, she moved in with another family, mm-hmm. and that family would bring her to church. And then she moved in with somebody else, and my uh, my pastor's family uh, call her, their, her call her their adopted daughter, and they they take her places, they take her to Summit, they take her all these places, mm-hmm. and um, you, you talk about it's just a whole church who has. I mean, sure, I'm, and so when I say when I. Like, I don't even see it as me, like, winning her to the Lord much. It's it's more like the church won her. You know, yeah. and the church is winning these van kids, and, and the church is winning the people that you give Bible studies to. Because there's another guy who got baptized who we brought on the van. You know, sure, we brought him, but it's another dude who picks him up now and takes him to church and has been giving him a Bible study and is mentoring him and discipling him. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's like, what does the Bible say? Someone plants, you know, a, uh, but it's the Lord who's going to water. It's the Lord who's going to give the increase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I, 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 I'm sorry, I don't mean to stop you, but I think that people get too territorial yeah. over souls. Oh, yeah. And and it's, and trust me, I, I, I can probably feel that way, too. I think everybody has the potential to feel that way. Right. But if we can stop being so possessive of people in the church or souls uh, that are coming on our buses or souls that were outreaching. Well, this is, I brought him to church. 
you know, what would have happened if you would have been like, no, 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 I don't want anybody else talking or trying to connect with her. This is mine, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. We need to stop being territorial over souls. And if someone connects with that person or someone's willing to give themselves to that person, then we need to step back and say, you know what? Thank God that there's somebody here that's willing to help me out or take yeah, take, take the time. reins. Take the reins. And who would have known if, if, if you would have been possessive over that one girl, she would have maybe never moved out of the house. You know, yeah. she may never yeah. have connected with people that the way that she should have and built those relationships. And like you're oh, saying, yeah. it, takes, it takes a church. Yeah. And so I guess let me say this. So I, yeah, so I started teaching her a Bible study and she started coming. And I want to say it was like her third Sunday at our church. She hadn't been there long that my, uh, the pastor that I have now had just, he hadn't taken the church yet, but he was, I believe we were planning on voting him in. Everybody loved him. Uh, he was down visiting once again. His daughter was here. Or maybe they had just moved down. Um, mm-hmm. But she went and introduced herself to the pastor's daughter. And from there, they fell in love. You know, their whole family fell in love with her. Um, they, they just, they formed a, a friendship. They, and, and, and they just took her under a wing. And, and I told myself, like, it's, there's no way I could have been to her what that family was to her, you know? Mm-hmm. And if yeah. I was territorial and if I was, you know, just trying to, you know, get the glory, oh, this is the person that I brought, you know, then, you know, I, I, I can't, you can't be what everyone needs you. You know, you can't be the solution to everyone's problem. Let me say it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, you know, what are you good at? Are you good at planting? Great. Let someone else pluck the harvest. You know, are you good at watering? Great. Let someone else, you know, tend to the cattle. You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, what can you do? Find it and do it with everything in you. And when someone comes along and they can do something you can't, you know, rather than competing with them, work alongside them because you're going to get way more things done that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's really important to just like, you know, you could potentially kill it if you're not being careful and just allowing other people to minister to that person, other people ministering to that kid or that teenager. Um, you know, uh, I will, uh, you know, like I was talking to um, the last episode we did with our youth ministry when I was talking to someone and I said, you know, I told the youth pastor, these are my babies. So I, yeah. I want to I check in. These kids are my babies. I've had them forever, you know, so yeah. I, I let them know that the importance of it and that, you know, and a lot of times now I just work with them together and I say, hey, and he might, they might tell me, hey, I'm having trouble with so-and-so. Can you talk to them? Or I might tell them I'm having trouble with so-and-so. Can you talk to them? Um, you know, and yeah. they people can get into avenues that you may not be able to get into. They connect on different levels. And if we're not careful, we can really mess that up. And I think that's yeah. something that um, that is huge. Um, and if we can just get in the mindset of just uh, it's the church that is ministering to these pe- these people, these kids, these teenagers, right. it's not just right. me. I can't do it right. on my own. Like you said, if someone else has had a gift with this person, then so be it. And I'm so excited for it, you know? Um, and then yeah. on the other hand is you can't be there for every person. 
It's right. just physically impossible. Right. You know? And that's the thing yeah. that I pray the most, I think, with our with my bus route is that I'm praying that somebody will step up and minister to them in a way that I may not be able to. Or right. that they find a connection that keeps them in this church. And I that's can't I can't be there for everybody. I'm not yeah. physically able to, I, you know, I spend time with everybody and I talk to everybody on my bus, but there's just certain things. Like my mom has certain relationships with certain people on our bus route that she is only able to get into that place, you yeah. know? And then there's people that I am working on that maybe somebody else on my bus or that's working on our bus may not be able to do. They may not be able to penetrate that person because it's just like, you know, like they've just put that wall up to everybody else. But for that one person, they open up, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's just certain things. And I think that's like, you know, like we're just able to just say, hey, I'm not working against you. You're not against me. We're working together in this. And we're going to we're gonna win these people as a church and not so much as, this ministry, this ministry, this ministry, everybody else kind of whatever, you know? Right, 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 but, right. Um, one, one topic or area that um, I think we should cover is just our maintaining your bus route. Um, I think it's important to visit on a weekly basis. That's just uh-huh. my personal uh, preference on that. Everybody has their own way of doing it. Um, but this is what I, this is the way I feel I've seen, I've asked and I've connected with people who have thriving bus ministries. And the one thing that I have seen that they all have in common is that they outreach and visit their routes every week. Right. That is, that is, that is the formula that I have seen from Uh these churches that have had successful ministries. Now, on top of everything else, prayer, all that other stuff that they do to 110% every time, but they all have that in common. They might do things differently. They might, you know, organize stuff differently. It might be different people. Um, You know, I had somebody actually ask me about how they can get their, you know, kids, you know, connected from their bus route. And, uh, you know, I I told them, I said, consistent outreach. Yeah, so your teachers yeah. need to be on outreach. Um, I think I'm a firm believer of Sunday school teachers, youth ministers need to be on outreach. The church needs to be on outreach. It's not just your outreach ministry, Alex, that is doing all right. this work because, yeah, you will, but there's only so much you can do with that. You know, right. um, the most successful outreaches I've ever had are when I have the church behind me knocking mm-hmm. on doors because, it, you know, my neighborhood, it's harder enough for me to knock on every door. Um, there's people that are constantly moving and, and changing apartments, so I don't get to always visit everybody. And there's some people that I still have yet to meet, and that's my goal is to try and knock on every door in that neighborhood. Um, but, you know, when these ministries, like your ministry is so much more effective if you're visiting the kids that you bring, if you're visiting new people to invite them to your church. Um, I really believe that outreach is not 
a specific outreach ministry's job. I believe, you know, it's the will of God that you are out there every Saturday on outreach. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, uh, I, I tell my people uh, that when you are on outreach, all we are doing is giving the Lord a time and a place and a space to kind of just operate through us. Um, we all have a mandate to go out and win the loss. Outreach is just a a set time where we are, you know, putting that mandate into action and doing what we are all called to do. You know, Um, there's personal evangelism, which you can do at your job with your family, but outreach is a set time and a set place where the church comes together with that one mission in mind to do probably the greatest, one of the greatest things we're ever called to do, and that is to reach people, to reach the laws, to, to you know, to save people from hell. Yeah. Um, and, and and so, but also along with other stuff that you had said, yeah, like going and uh, visiting them on a weekly basis is a must. And I would say even if it's not you, like even if it's so today I did not visit the kids but I met with the the other girl who rides the van with us and mm-hmm. I got with her and I said, Hey, go visit all the kids, every single one of them. And she was totally happy to do it. Um, when I can't do it, I'll get with her and she'll go do it. The, the, the important thing is that they are visited and that, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it, it can be more than one face, you know, you can go, you can do uh, on and off with someone, you know, one day it's the captain, the other day it's the driver, you know, whatever works best for your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just that they are visited, that they do know that we're thinking about them. We care about them and with that we're consistent and consistently meeting up with them yeah. and uh, trying to get them to ride our van or a bus, whatever. Yeah, and I think as leaders, it's our responsibility. Um, I know for sure that our pastor requires every leader in the church um, to be at all church outreach. We have a a corporate outreach for the entire church. Um, That's so cool. And so it's all church outreach where we encourage everybody in the church to show up that day in outreach. Now, we don't get everybody, but we get a larger amount that day than we would any other Saturday. But this right. is the thing is he requires every leader of a ministry in that church to be there at that outreach. Um, That's pretty awesome. You know, and, you know, yeah. there's people that show up and there's people that don't. Um, right. But as for me, and I had decided this uh, a couple years ago with our Sunday school team, um, that I said, you know, listen, we're never going to be effective in this ministry if we're not on outreach. And I said, there's all church outreach, which everybody's required to be at. I said, but you need to be at outreach one other Saturday of that month. And I said, and, and, I, cool. and, I, and I had to be honest with them. I said, and if that's not something you want to do, this may not be the ministry for you. I said, wow. because I feel so strongly about this, that our ministry uh-huh. and our minist- us ministering to them is not going to be effective if we're not on outreach and we're not showing our faces at their doors because they won't trust you. They won't open up to you and they won't allow you to let God move through you if you are not there. And I, you know, and and thank God everybody was on board with it, you know, Uh but it's, it's to the point where I had to make it a requirement and now they show up more than just, the one Saturday or the 
one Saturday I require them, and then the other Saturday that pastor is asking everybody to be there. And it's becoming a habit of just showing up on outreach. Um, right. You know, but I really felt that to the point where I was going to say, you know, like, please trust me on this. I know it's a lot to give up, but it's an hour to two hours, maybe, you know, some people go on three-hour outreaches. It really depends. But I said, I just need you there knocking on doors. I need you being a soul winner because that's what we're in the business of, (laughs) you know? Right, right, yeah. Um, Someone always said that, or someone said this, that, you know, um, hell never takes a day off, so why should you, Mm -hmm. you know? And what's a couple hours out of your Saturday, you know, if it means a soul being one and coming to church and receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name, is is yeah. that Saturday so much of a of a sacrifice for you? Yeah. You know, yeah, I've never... That, huh? Go ahead. I've, I've never met anyone who did not feel fulfilled after outreach. Yeah. Um, I've met a lot of people who didn't like the awkwardness. I've met a lot of people who don't like the heat. They yeah. don't like, you know, walking the streets, you know, mm-hmm. all these things. And, and for good reason, too, you know, that's not something really enjoyable. Uh, you know, the yeah, awkward conversations, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, being hot outside, whatever. You know, those aren't the cool parts of outreach. But even those people who eventually stopped going, they got busy, whatever, will still say, you know, it was awesome to to knock on someone's door, invite them to church, and then see them at church the next Sunday. It's so thrilling, you know, and, and, and I'll meet people who they end up just getting busy and don't come back, and, and you know, and they, they stop doing outreach, and, you know, I don't judge them one second. But, you mm-hmm. know, even those people say, like, man, I wish I could go back. I wish I could do it again. It's 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 so fulfilling when you begin mm-hmm. to – I mean, because, I mean, really, like, we're Christians at the end of the day, and it's so fulfilling knowing that you're doing one of the main things that a Christian should be doing and mm-hmm. it's winning people, you know, and making an effort to, you know, to, to, to save the lost. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an awesome thing. And I would even add to this. If you are uncomfortable with talking to people on outreach and that's just not your forte and I'm just like, Hey, I'm, I, I just can't do it. I just get nervous and I feel like I want to throw up. I get that, you know, what I would yeah. recommend for that person to do is find the person that is the biggest talker you know in your church that's out outreach and pair up with them because uh-huh. you just being a body is going to make a world of a difference. It is. It you really know, is. It, it, yeah. Especially for, for guys, and, and you you probably experienced this too, it's hard to reach to a mother, a single mother, you know, and knock yeah. on her door and invite her kids to church and it's just you. Oh yeah. Or if it's yeah. you know and if that extra body's there, you know, you yeah. may not be doing the talking. You just kinda of sitting there yes and then you know, nodding your head mm-hmm. and saying, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, or just being quiet. Um but you're relieving that awkwardness for them and just saying, Well, there's two people here, you know, I feel a little bit more comfortable now. Um Right. Right. You know, right. and then or you a guy and a girl now or Yeah, you know. Um, that's the big thing. If you got kids or are you saying like I can't go to outreach because I have kids, bring your kids with you. <laughs> yeah, like please. 
Do not let that stop you. Like, kids are a huge asset on our Oh, yeah. You know, oh, like, you goodness. know how many times I've heard people say, oh, my goodness, your baby's so cute. Or, yeah. you know, all this. <laughs> and we want people to see that there are families in the church, you know? Yes. Um, there's, yes. There's, there's, you know, and the greatest thing you could ever be doing for your kids is teaching them that soul winning is a part of our walk. Soul it's winning. Actually, uh, uh-huh. uh, yes, ab- absolutely. It's a part of our walk. Um I, I can say that, you know, sometimes as Pentecostals, we get into this bubble of going to church and going to conferences and, you know, and just, you know, good preaching and good services. And, and, we, and we don't watch Hollywood and, you know, we don't do all these things and we're not interacting with the world the way that the world interacts with the world. And, and you can kind of form this bubble around you. And if, if it, it it, it can it's it's good and you want that protection and you want that separation, but it can also have negative effects on kids when they are extremely disconnected with the fact that there is a deeply hurting world out there and people are very lost. And I mean, yeah. I, I heard a statistic that said, like, I I could be dead wrong and forgive me if I am, but I, I heard a statistic that said like seventy percent of homes like suffer abuse mm-hmm. and. You know, and just living in this apostolic world, and you, you can get so disconnected from the fact that this is a messed up world. Mm-hmm. Um, but when your kids are on outreach and they're seeing like snaps, like I'm here going to church in my Sunday best, and there are these kids running around, you know, five kids to a home with a single mother, and there's a little boy without a shirt, and half of them don't have shoes on. Like it, it mm-hmm. really kind of puts a perspective back in you, and it. Yeah. You know, you know, it, it it builds compassion in you. Yeah, and it the greatest compassion. Thing, some of the greatest things I've ever seen is when people made up in their mind, our family is going to outreach. I know I got three kids of my own. I'm taking them with right. me to go knock on doors. And the greatest thing I've seen is those kids interacting with other kids in that neighborhood. Right. You know, right. and they're playing, right. they're playing baseball, they're playing football, whatever it is that they're doing out in that neighborhood handing out popsicles to, to other kids. And, you know, it's creating this atmosphere of just, hey, our church is just, you know, there's people, there's families, there's, there's, there's you know, they see that. And those are yeah. huge impacts in that community that they can see. It's not just one guy. It's, it's an entire church that's all about this. Um, uh-huh. But, right. you know, there's just, I don't know, man. I think there's just so much work to do, and I think that, you know, somebody listening to this is probably saying, I don't know where to start. You know, I don't know what to, how to do this. And Maybe someone's never taught you, or you're just not comfortable with yourself enough to do it. Um, But I think that definitely just pushing yourself to just say, I'm going to soak this in prayer. I'm going to go out and knock on a door invite somebody to the greatest church in this area and say, will you come with me? And yeah. I promise you, and that's the thing you can promise about God. You can promise <laughs> yeah. about God and say, yeah. I promise you, if you come, your life is going to be changed. And I think that's, I know we've talked about all these different tactics and all these different scenarios that we've had, but I think that's the, that's the, the meat of it. It's just saying, you know what? Promise that God will do something, and he won't let you down. 
you know, and God won't let us down. And I really believe that I, I, you know, we can, I don't like to promise a whole lot, especially with bus ministry, because a lot of things can go wrong. But I make sure that I say, I promise that God is going to do something today if you come to church with me. Yeah. You know, Um, but I, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. But that's just how I feel about it. But, no, I, I, I believe that. Um, I, I guess before we head off, there's, man, if there's probably one thing I could say, it's, it's, it all, it all, all of it goes back to just identity and being a Christian, um, and just being the man of God and being the woman of God who chooses to walk with Him on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and. And and from the, I mean, the the methods of outreach. I mean, you, you're saying what? Are, what are you saying, Alex? What I'm saying is like, just be a Christian. Be, you know, show the fruit of the spirit. You know, you know, get get in prayer and pray. God, you know, lead me, guide me, direct me, Lord. Get into fasting. Get into Bible reading. You know, mm-hmm. be the absolute best Christian that you could be, um, because there are methods to doing outreach, um, but the methods will come and go. The, the really important thing that needs to stay solid through whether you're starting to get Bible studies and then you're trying to get kids and then you're doing blog parties and then you're doing van ministry, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, those things will come and go, but just focusing on being the Christian that God has called you to be. Um, yeah. Cause at the end of the day, God doesn't save uh, bus captains. He saves Christians. You know, he, he, he doesn't, you know, it's, it's not this bus captain gets a crown of glory. You know, it's this Christian gets a count a crown of glory. Um, and, and from there, um, it's, I mean, you, you said it, just go, just go knock on the door and invite them to the greatest church that they've ever been to. Um, I, I tell people, it took me three years to get past the awkwardness. And some people are like, three years? You mean I got to I gotta wait three years? And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that many times people give up on themselves way too soon because, yeah. you know, they go out three times and it's awkward. Like, you mm-hmm. stick with it. Like, fall in love with it and stick with it. Because somewhere along the lines, you're going to get past the awkwardness. You know, somewhere along mm-hmm. the lines, you're going to know what to say. Mm-hmm. And and when you do, I mean, you're you're gonna be unstoppable, and the Lord's yeah. gonna use you in ways you never thought He would. And it wasn't because you were born great; it was because you decided to just put in the effort, get past the awkwardness, and let the Lord begin to use you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, that's yeah, that's, that's awesome, it. man. Well, I'm excited about this, and hopefully, someone listening to this is gonna just take the reins this week and just say, "I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna do it." I'm going to start outreaching. I'm going to start, you know, even if it's just the houses and places around your church, if there's places around your church or apartments or whatever, just go start knocking on those doors. You know, there's no, there's no perfect plan, you know, other than going out and reaching the lost. You know, you can, you can come up with this elaborate map and, 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 you know, we're going to reach this area to do this area. As long as it's lost people, you can't you can't lose with that, you know. Right. Um, right. But Alex, I want to thank you, man, uh, for taking some time out and just you know, sharing your heart about outreach. And I know we didn't catch everything, and you know what? That's just where this conversation went today. Um, but I just yeah. want to say I just want to say thank you. I appreciate the time you've taken out of your day 
to share with us your heartbeat on that. Yeah, no problem, man. And thank you for this. Uh, again, I think this is an awesome thing that you're doing, a wonderful platform. And I know that a lot of people are going to be blessed by by the tips, by the interviews, by just kind of everything that you're doing on here. So thanks again for that. Awesome, man. And remember, folks, stay kingdom-minded. <laughs>